Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, new details in the shocking assassination of Japan's longest-serving prime minister. The country with barely any gun violence grapples with how the shooter built his own weapon. The murder caught on video as Shinzo Abe gave a public speech. Tonight, what we're learning about the former military suspect. President Biden signs an executive order aiming to protect abortion access. But what impact will it have nationwide? Plus, our exclusive interview with Vice President Kamala Harris. The former White House lawyer for Donald Trump visits Capitol Hill, testifying behind closed doors why he's a key witness for the January 6th committee. The first funerals for victims of that 4th of July massacre as we learn new information about the suspect's numerous run-ins with police. COVID cases spike. Which major city is considering bringing back an indoor mask mandate and why doctors are urging eligible Americans to get boosted now? Dramatic video of an emergency landing on a North Carolina highway, how the pilot was able to avoid cars and power lines. And on the road with a very special dog whose head-turning catwalk is a worldwide inspiration. the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. I'm Jerika Duncan in for Nora. Tonight, the assassination of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe shocked not just Japan, but the world. Flags were ordered to half staff here in the United States to honor that country's longest serving prime minister. Abe met with four of the last U.S. presidents, including Joe Biden, when he was vice president. 
Graphic video of the attack shows the final moments of Abe's life as he was gunned down while delivering a campaign speech. Now, what makes this shooting so stunning, Japan has some of the strictest gun control laws in the world. The suspect was quickly apprehended. Police say he used a homemade gun. They confiscated similar weapons along with his personal computer when they raided his apartment. CBS's Elizabeth Palmer is in Tokyo, where it is now Saturday morning there. Elizabeth. Shinzo Abe was truly a giant of Japan's political landscape for more than 15 years, and his death is a national trauma. Shinzo Abe was giving a political speech to a small crowd when a shot rang out behind him. Then another. And he fell to the ground. His security tackled the gunman immediately, but it was too late. The former prime minister lay in the road with fatal wounds to his neck and chest. Shielded by a blue tarp, he was medevaced to a local hospital where doctors tried to resuscitate him with blood transfusions, but in vain. The suspected gunman is 41-year-old Tetsuya Yamagami, an ex-military man whose weapon appeared to have been made of pipes and duct tape. Police searching his home found even more homemade guns along with explosives. This is a huge shock in Japan, where strict gun control laws mean shooting deaths are extremely rare. There was just one last year, compared to more than 45,000 in the United States. All day, world leaders paid their respects. President Biden signed a condolence book at the Japanese embassy in Washington and said Abe's death had left him stunned and outraged. I knew him well. Uh, we worked uh, together closely for years, and we spoke and consulted one another when I served as vice president. Shinzo Abe was Japan's longest-serving prime minister, a right-wing nationalist and hawk. He was a fierce supporter of Japan's military and his country's role as America's trade and defense partner in the face of China's rising threat. Japan's gun laws contain really stringent conditions, not only on mental health checks, but also on the sale of ammunition. But it looks as if the suspect did an end run around both of those by making his gun at home. Jerika? Elizabeth Palmer Force in Tokyo, thank you. Back here in this country, the Biden administration is celebrating a better-than-expected jobs report. The Labor Department says employers added 372,000 new jobs in June. That's well above a projected 275,000. But the president is battling back critics tonight in his own party who say he hasn't done enough to protect women's reproductive rights. CBS's Caitlin Huey Burns reports from the White House. Well, what we're witnessing wasn't a constitutional judgment. It was an exercise in raw political power. Under pressure from abortion rights activists and members of his own party to do more in the wake of the Supreme Court ruling, President Biden issued an executive order aiming to expand access to FDA-approved abortion medication, protect online privacy and access to contraception, and provide legal help for patients and providers and the right to travel out of state. But the president suggested his power is limited and urged Americans to head to the polls in November. There is no constitutional right to choose. Only the way, to, the only way to fulfill and restore that right for women in this country is by voting. The court now, now, 
practically dares the women of America to go to the ballot box. The move comes as eight states have already implemented abortion bans, including Mississippi on Thursday. Louisiana's ban went into effect today, despite protests. Like There are certain pregnancies that are not viable. Abortion needs to be able to be accessed by everybody who's able to give birth, regardless of just like health care options. Democratic lawmakers, including Senators Patty Murray and Elizabeth Warren, insisted the president must go further. We want to see them exhaust every opportunity. Minnie Timaraju is president of NARAL Pro-Choice America. What else would you like to see the president do? As more and more states pass bans that become more cruel and more problematic, uh, declaring a national public health emergency would allow us, much like COVID, to have a really coordinated whole-of-government response that this executive order starts to do, but could really be more robust. Now, part of this executive order includes protections or aims to include protections for privacy for people searching for reproductive information online. And the administration also says that those living in states with abortion bans should be very careful about using apps that track women's health. Jerika. Caitlin Huey Burns for us at the White House. Thank you. After that announcement, CBS's Robert Costa sat down with Vice President Kamala Harris for this Sunday's Face the Nation. He asked Harris about the criticism from within her own party that Democrats have been slow to react to the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I think all of us share um, a deep sense of outrage that the United States Supreme Court took a constitutional right that was recognized, took it from the women of America. We are now looking at a case where the government can interfere in what is one of the most intimate and private decisions that someone can make. What will this administration do to try in the coming months before the election to codify Roe, to try to, through Congress, put into law some of these priorities. The president acted this morning again with an executive order, but we also need Congress to act because that branch of government is where we actually codify, which means put into law the rights that, again, we took for granted, but clearly have now been taken from the women of America. And that does have to happen, and we should not allow ourselves to to minimize the significance of that, which is Congress needs to act. Some senators have suggested that Justice Gorsuch, Justice Kavanaugh misled them during the confirmation hearings on Roe v. Wade. Some Democrats have even called for those justices to be impeached. Do you believe they should be impeached? I mean, listen, I start from um, the point of experience of having served in the Senate. I never believed them. I didn't believe him. That's why I voted against. And you can see more of Robert Costa's interview with Vice President Kamala Harris on Sunday's Face the Nation. Well, it was a long day of testimony that just wrapped up for former White House counsel Pat Cipollone. For more than eight hours, he met behind closed doors with House Select Committee members. It's investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson testified last week that Cipollone had raised legal concerns about then-President Trump's actions on and before January 6th. Here's CBS's Scott McFarland. 
Outside the meeting room, Pat Cipollone wouldn't answer reporters' questions. Did you discuss pardons, sir, and members of Congress who asked for them? But the big question is, how much did he answer inside? In a day-long session with the House January 6th committee, more than a week after he was subpoenaed, and after former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson testified, Cipollone warned on January 6th Trump would face criminal exposure if he went to the Capitol. We're going to get charged with every crime imaginable. Committee members told CBS News they expected Cipollone to testify about what he witnessed firsthand January 6th. Is it? Tricky for a White House counsel to answer questions from a congressional panel? It is very, uh, very tricky. Richard Painter was a member of the White House counsel's office for former President George W. Bush and said Cipollone might invoke privilege if asked directly about warning Trump about possible crimes. Uh, This is a very uh, difficult situation uh, that Congress will have to handle uh, with a substantial amount of delicacy in order to get the information uh, that they need without invading unduly on the attorney-client privilege. Meanwhile, police in Virginia have just released body camera video of the search on the home of Trump Justice Department official Jeffrey Clark last month. Can I call my lawyer? Sure. Uh, Come on outside and do it. Clark has also been a focus of the January 6th committee amid allegations he was part of an attempted 11th-hour shakeup in the Justice Department, which would have made him the acting U.S. Attorney General. He was the focus of a previous committee hearing. The Justice Department wouldn't comment on the search. The committee's next hearing is set for Tuesday. It will focus on the mobilization of the mob on January 6th, including by far-right groups and domestic violent extremists. Jerika? Scott, thank you. And now to some breaking news. Elon Musk is bailing on his $44 billion deal to buy Twitter. Musk claims Twitter was in material breach of their agreement because the company made false and misleading statements during negotiations. For its part, Twitter's board still hopes to close the deal and said it will, quote, pursue legal action, meaning the fate of this deal will likely be in a courtroom. Well, we turn now to Highland Park, Illinois, where funeral services have begun for the seven people killed when a gunman opened fire on an Independence Day parade. We're also getting new details on previous interactions between police and the suspect. Here's CBS's Charlie DeMar. Sadness filled two synagogues today at services for two of the seven people killed during the mass shooting at Highland Park's Fourth of July parade. There is nothing, not one single thing, that makes us being brought together to mourn for Jackie acceptable. Jackie Sundheim was remembered for her contagious laugh and her years of service at the temple where mourners gathered. At 88, Stephen Strauss was the oldest of those killed. Just thinking about what a good, giving, loving person he was, it just makes the cruelty and the horror of his death just that much harder to take. Jennifer Bannock is the county coroner and a trained combat medic. The weapon used was similar to an Mm -hmm. AR-15 assault-style rifle. What does that do to the human body? It just uh, really destroys um, parts of the human body. And the randomness of the attack also destroyed a community's peace of mind. We're all vulnerable uh, that we could be going to the grocery store for a gallon of milk. And we all are potential victims to this type of massacre. And for the first time since Monday's attack, eight-year-old Cooper Roberts is conscious and off a ventilator. According to family friends, he's asking to see his twin brother and dog. Cooper was shot in the chest and is paralyzed from the waist down. 
Tonight, downtown Highland Park is still a crime scene. And as this investigation continues, we have learned that in 2019, after threatening his own family, the suspected shooter was labeled by police as an imminent threat, not only to himself, but others if he had access to a gun. But the very next year, he was able to legally purchase the gun that police say was used in the massacre. Jerika? Some very disturbing details. Thank you, Charlie. Well, tonight, COVID cases are on the rise again, fueled by a recent Omicron strain. The CDC reports the BA5 subvariant is the most dominant in the U.S. now, with new cases and hospitalizations forcing some cities to reconsider mask mandates. CBS's Carter Evans has more. Americans are on the move, and for many, this summer is their first real vacation since the beginning of the pandemic. It really wasn't... A question we just had to do it. There are few signs of COVID precautions now, but COVID is on the rise. 19,000 new cases a day reported in California, with Los Angeles moving closer to a high level of transmission. That designation would trigger mask mandates. In New York City, cases are up more than 17% from two weeks ago. The Omicron subvariant BA5 is the fastest spreading so far. It's responsible for more than half of all new cases in the country, and it appears to be three to four times more resistant to antibodies. Do not try to game this out. If you are eligible for a vaccine, don't wait. Dr. Celine Gounder warns, even if you were vaccinated early on or contracted COVID, you may not be fully protected. There are early hints that the BA5 subvariant of Omicron may be more virulent, so in other words, may cause more severe disease. Now, booster shots designed to target Omicron could be available this fall. Here in Los Angeles, though, if transmission levels remain high for the next couple of weeks, well, we could see masks again indoors by the end of the month. Tarika? Seems like it never is going to end. Thank you. Tonight, four Border Patrol agents are facing potential disciplinary action following an incident on the Texas border last year. An investigation concluded the agents right there used unnecessary force while blocking migrants trying to cross into Del Rio, Texas. Officials also found some agents threatened the migrants and tried to force them into the river. Released video tonight from a pilot's camera shows a dramatic landing on a busy North Carolina highway. Two men were on board Sunday when the plane's single engine started to fail. You see right there the pilot found the road between heavily wooded mountains at the very last minute. In life, we all know it's not how many times you get knocked down that counts, but how many times you get back up. CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road with an inspiring story of perseverance from man's best friend. A lot of dogs think they're human, but Dexter takes it to a whole nother level. To the point where I can now safely say, I have seen everything. Dexter lives here in Uray, Colorado where for the past few years, this bicolor, bipedal Britney Spaniel has been turning heads wherever he goes. Dexter's owner, Kenty Pasek, says this isn't a trick she taught. It's an adaptation he made after a near-death experience. Come on. When Dexter was a puppy, he escaped his yard, darted into traffic, and got hit by a car. He lost one front leg and the other was badly damaged. So everyone assumed to get around, he would need some kind of adaptive equipment. And he did use a wheelchair for a while. Until one day when Kenty set the pooch at the foot of her porch without the wheelchair. And I ran in to go get my cup of coffee, came out and he was right here where he is right now. 
And I was like, how is this going on? How did you figure it out? I put him back down there and I grabbed my phone to see what was going on. <laughs> Here is the video she recorded. And I was like, oh, we're into something totally different. You never know where life's going to take you. You never know. In the six years since, Dexter has become a full-blown celebrity, starring in parades and building a legion of social media followers who now come here from across the country just hoping for a glimpse of U-Ray's most upstanding citizen. Follow him on Instagram. Oh, God! The whole thing takes absurdity to new heights. But to many, Dexter is no joke. In this pile of mail he receives monthly are hundreds of letters of heartfelt gratitude. I'm recovering from intensive radiation treatments for breast cancer, and you certainly bring joy to my day. Where humans see obstacles. I mean, just... Often dogs beg to differ. Dexter shows us, why aren't you out there writing the book you want to write? Why aren't you out there doing the things you want to do? Because he has. Off he goes. And in doing so has proven that sometimes getting knocked down is the only way to see how tall you stand. Steve Hartman, On the Road, in Uray, Colorado. What a walk. We should all follow Dexter. Well, that's tonight's CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell and all of us here, I'm Jerika Duncan. Have a great weekend. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick... From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free, starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.